You know how there are some commercials where there's like a jingle or a saying or something that like sticks in your mind and you don't remember what the product was that they were selling, but you remember the jingle and it just kind of sticks with you. Well, sometimes homilies can be like that too, where it's like there's something that stands out that you remember, but you don't remember for the life of you what it was about. And I've got one of those from my past. I remember when I was a seminarian and assigned at St. Michael's in Gastonia, there was one weekend when Deacon John Weisenhorn, who's a wonderful man, uh, was giving his homily, and I don't remember what in the world it was about, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that, but I remember he kept saying through the whole homily, does anybody care? And he just kept saying, it was like every other sentence, does anybody care? I don't know what he was asking us what we cared about, but I remember him saying very strongly, does anybody care? And that line kept coming back to me as I was meditating on our beautiful gospel for today. And the reason for that, I mean, you have to kind of look at the whole context. You know, here we are at the end of chapter 12. And as it says that, you know, in the course of Jesus' teaching, well, where he's teaching is really important. Throughout chapter 12, he's been in the temple, like in the temple area. If you remember back a couple weeks ago, you know, we were at the conclusion of the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He had just gone through Jericho, Bartimaeus joined him and followed him on the way. Well, chapter 11 was when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. So people are crying out, Hosanna to God in the highest. Jesus goes into the temple and drives out the money changers. You know, it's like basically taking charge of his father's house, not wanting it to be a den of thieves. Now, throughout chapter 12, he's been in the temple teaching, and he's been challenged by a lot of the different religious ruling class. So you've got the Herodians who come up and ask him, you know, teacher, and they go through this whole flattery thing. You're so good. You know all this. You're so great. Is it okay to pay the tax to Caesar? Like they're trying to trap him. And of course, Jesus gives the profound, you know, awesome response that totally answers everything. He says, give me one of the coins. They give it to him and he says, whose likeness is this? It's Caesar's. Well then render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. I mean, totally silences them. Then he has the whole interaction with the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection and he silences them. Then we have the gospel from last week when finally You get a scholar of the law who has some good intent. He's not just trying to trap Jesus. He wants to know, what's the greatest of all the commandments? And they have the good back and forth, the greatest of the commandments. Love God with all you've got, and your neighbor is yourself. And then they don't dare to ask him any more questions. Then we get to where we are today. Jesus looking around. Here's these scribes, right, that like to go around in long robes, accepting greetings, seats of honor, all this stuff. They devour the houses of widows. They're taking advantage of people's donations, people's goodwill. They're putting on a show, but their hearts are far from God. And what has happened? Jesus says they will receive a very severe condemnation. As I said, he's teaching this in the temple. He's two days away from his passion, two days away from when he's going to lay down his life. He is going to give his whole livelihood for our sake. 
And he's just gone through this whole thing of being challenged by this group and that. He looks at these people that are supposed to hand on the law of God, who represent God and and are supposed to give people the gift of the law, and what are they doing? They're just putting on a show. Their hearts are far from him. And i got to be thinking in his mind, on a certain level, he's thinking, does anybody care? I'm about to lay down my life for you all. Does anybody care? And then, the beautiful poor widow comes through the midst and contributes her whole livelihood. And obviously he is moved as he calls his disciples to himself and says, look, here she is. All these others are just kind of putting on a show, contributing from their surplus. She has given from her whole poverty, her whole livelihood. She cares. She loves. Now, is it easy to look back at the one who gives us his whole livelihood, pours out his all for us, and to respond in kind? No. It's not easy. And in fact, when you look at the foreshadowing, so to speak, in the first reading from the book of Kings, one of my favorite stories in all of the Old Testament, Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, right? As he comes into town, and he himself is trusting in God. And the context of this, there's a big drought on. The people have been unfaithful. God withholds the blessing of rain. So there's not even really much water around. And he says to the widow of Zarephath, could you bring me a cup of water? And she says yes, which is a very generous thing already. And then, of course, how about a little bread, too? Well, you see, the thing is this. I'm about to go and prepare the last meal, a little bit of bread for my son and I. That's it. We're going to die. And what does Elijah say? One of my favorite lines in all of sacred scripture. Oh, I understand. But could you bake me a cake first? You know, like he goes to, you know, I understand. No bread. Bring me some cake, you know? And that's how it happens sometimes, right? You know, when we listen to our Lord... When we strive to respond in love, he asks us to keep going, right? He wants us to respond with love, to respond with generosity, to give of our livelihood just like he does. And sometimes it's tough, right? Sometimes it's like, I want you to be open to life. I want you to embrace natural family planning and let contraception go to the side. Lord, this is tough. I understand. Bake me a cake. Like, I want, I want you to give a little bit more, to make this move ahead, to proclaim the gospel in the world. Lord, it's tough. We've already given what we can. I got you. Bake me a cake, right? Like, I don't want to look like a religious nut out there and stand up for the truth. I got you. Bake me a cake. Like, he calls us to do a lot, right? But before we even get to that point, we've got to recognize the fact that he's already given us everything. He loves us. And as you look at this gospel today, these are the last words that he speaks in the temple, in that place where heaven and earth meet, where God has come to his people. And now God incarnate is there looking at all of them, seeing this is what's going on. So many of them are using it to their own selfish advantage. But thanks be to God, here's this one widow giving what she has, pouring her whole out. Does anybody care? Because he, Jesus Christ, is about to be thrown out of Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified outside of the city. He lays down his life for us. And so the question for us each and every day is that he who says to us with his whole life, I love you, and then implicitly in a way, like we see in this gospel, does anybody care? 
And even if we find ourselves in a time of drought, and there's a lot of phoniness out there, and just the wearing of long robes without hearts handed over to him, fine. But can we be like that widow? Lord, you know that I love you. I don't want to keep going in this. I don't want to forgive this person that's hurt me. I don't want to do this next thing that you're asking me. I don't want to go to confession and ask for forgiveness, what I've been holding on for a long time. But he looks at you and loves you and wants you to respond in kind. Therein lies the beautiful thing. He first loves us. And as he asks us to return that love in kind, we might not get much of a reaction from others. Other people might not notice, just like with the widow in the gospel. But here's the beautiful thing. He notices. He looks. He loves. He knows the full context of what we're going through. Even if nobody else knows that those two little coins that you're giving mean the whole world to you, he does. And the beautiful thing that we know is that he has given his whole livelihood for us. As he looks at you and loves you and lays down his life for you, pours out his body and blood for you, gives us him, himself in the Eucharist, shows us that love, and basically implies, does anybody care? What we've got to do is to look back at the one who loves us and say, yes, Lord, I love you. And when we do that, he sees it, he knows it, and he loves us in return. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.